0: Welcome to Lillipot episode 14, the first churchwide devotional for mid-singles.
1: Jeff and Kathy Teichert bringing you another episode of Lillipod, which is a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships.
0: This afternoon, Jeff and I had the privilege of watching the first church-wide devotional for mid-singles.
1: Yeah, Kathy, it was a a good experience. And I want to say, you know, although in this program, we're going to discuss various aspects of it, uh, I I think we want to overall say we're happy to see the church realizing how many mid-singles there are uh, in our faith, how important they are, and just even the act of of doing a devotional specifically for the mid-singles community is something that touched us. So whatever we say about it, keep in mind, we're happy that church is reaching out to mid-singles more and more. I mean, we saw that in the last general conference with the uh, talks by President Ballard and Elder Cook. And, uh, and now we've seen this um, uh, example of another thing the church is doing to reach out to our mid-singles community. So uh, that's, you know, to me, that's a very positive development.
0: It is. It's very exciting and something we're really happy to be a part of with Love in Later Years.
1: Yeah, we have a a friend that is um, uh, on the Relief Society General Board who is a mid-single herself, and we know Sister Eubank, who uh, took a major part in the face-to-face devotional tonight uh, is also a mid-single and uh, a member of the General Relief Society presidency. And, and we've seen singles serving in positions like that for a long time. Uh, Sister Sherry Dew was also a member of the General Relief Society presidency and now is the president of Deseret Books. So um, mid-singles have a lot to contribute. and Uh, We have a special place in the church, which hopefully is being recognized more and more.
0: And that was one of my favorite parts of the program, actually, was the interviews they did with various mid-singles and the wisdom that they shared and the testimony that they gave of overcoming difficult challenges and finding peace in Christ.
1: I forget the name of the man. Um, that was interviewed, was also a mid-single who talked about sometimes he's so lonely at night, he'll get up in the middle of the night and kneel down by his bed and say a prayer, um, you know, to alleviate the loneliness and that connection with God will will help. Uh, And Sister Bingham talked about him and how she saw him gathering together mid-singles into a community and... Uh, how that leadership was helpful to alleviate the loneliness as well. And, and I appreciated that. Of course, it's something we're trying to do with love in later years is to help gather together mid singles in a community, uh, for fellowship and strength and support. And, and I, I know when I was a mid single, not that long ago, that was something I very much, uh, wanted was. Fellowship and association with other mid-singles. I think we needed to be together at times.
0: And we have an active Facebook group Love it, at Love in Later Years. And for anyone listening to this that isn't currently a part of it, or for those of you who are that don't speak up very much, we love to hear from you. We really enjoy the comments and the interactions that we see going on on our page and on our in our group. And uh, we we just love to hear from you. We think that you elevate each other a lot.
1: yeah, for sure. it's it's been really neat to see some of the people in our group who have kind of started out really shy and afraid to date. And some of you know, some of them are coming out and developing relationships and doing all kinds of exciting things, uh, both inside and outside of the dating world. but uh, we, we feel really happy about the direction that, that our community is going, and I appreciated Sister Bingham's comments about, about that. Um, there, were a, there were comments from a recently widowed sister, and I only mentioned that she's Polynesian because I have a special affinity with Polynesia. I lived for two years in American Samoa. Um, it was my first law job after law school. But anyway, um, she talked about how she had lost her husband to COVID-19, and she spoke about the, the grief that she had had and seeking the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And she said, you know, there have spent times it was too much for me to endure, and I just had to give it to God. And of course, that's part of what the atonement of Jesus Christ is there for, is he suffered those pains and and sometimes we just have to give it to him because he's already borne it.
0: Right. And it's, you know, I was just thinking about the man who would pray with the loneliness and that he would be comforted. And I remember that as a mid-single myself, sometimes saying similar prayers and finding similar peace. And I don't remember which of the three said this. Maybe it was Nilayan. Neil Anderson. Um, Elder Anderson, I believe, noticed that, or maybe it was one of the sisters. I'm sorry. I just don't remember which of the three um, said this, but they made an observation that with a lot of the mid-singles that were interviewed, they'd find peace relatively quickly, but they wouldn't always find the desires of their hearts quickly, that sometimes that required patience, but that peace was always available pretty instant as soon as we seek it.
1: Yeah, and so that's that's something I think every mid-single in attendance could maybe relate to and, and uh, hang and even, on to. As and even
0: a, be reminded of.
1: Right. There was one observation that Kathy and I both made. Uh, I think we think they could have, and maybe in a future devotional hopefully will, uh, talk about divorce a little bit more. Uh, it, this devotional seemed to be geared more toward widows and the never married. And and we've often heard that you know if you're seeking an eternal companion and it just isn't happening, you know you have to wait on the Lord. And we,
0: and, and I, we do all have to do that to yeah, some degree. We're not against uh,
1: that kind of talk. I mean, we we experienced needing to be patient to find each other and and have the kind of a a marriage that we both wanted and are striving for now together and so yeah it's not that we're against that and we are divorcees and and we still had to wait on the lord for our remarriage so we're we're sympathetic to all of that but i think when you're talking about divorcees there is more to it than that and and we would like to hear some compassion uh, more compassion from the church at times for the pain that divorcees have gone through and that can involve anything from abandonment or betrayal Um, and these things make a lot of mid-singles fearful about dating about moving forward in new relationships. And it's far more complicated than just waiting for it to happen. It's There's a lot to overcome in terms of emotional trauma and pain that I think um, holds a lot of people back. And I would like to see a devotional. I, I think to some degree, this devotional had a lot of, good, but kind of general messages about, uh, increasing our faith and, and we do need to increase our faith, but I think it would be nice to, to hear that message and other messages applied to how, how is that going to help me heal my broken heart from, you know, the person I loved and was married to for 17 years or whatever, having an affair or, uh, you know, walking out on me and my children. And we're familiar with a lot of situations like that. Well, and I'm
0: sure they wanted to keep it positive, first of all. And second of all, I was thinking, you know, they might have wanted to preserve the privacy of people who've been divorced and their, you know, specific circumstances, of course. And that's something we're sensitive to. But we want to make sure that our members don't feel any shame in their story, in their life journey, because that journey is part of who they are and it's part of what they're becoming because of what they've experienced. And there's not, we wanna detach shame from the, and stigma from divorce. And um, of course, because we're divorced, we have a a special understanding and empathy for that specific um, type of mid-single, however, Uh, We think all mid-singles deserve um, to tell their story and to be authentic and not feel in any way ashamed of their life circumstances, whatever they may be.
1: Right, and I think there are gospel messages that are general but that could be applied very effectively to people who are mid-singles without going into huge detail about things their their former spouses may have done but things messages like about forgiveness and the role that forgiveness plays in healing from the trauma of a divorce uh, and, and that's you know that's a very profound thing in my own life and you know i've heard really beautiful stories for many of you that are that are listening to this no doubt about how that has played out in your life, and I, I would like to, you know, in another devotional, I'm I'm not criticizing this one, I'm saying that's something in the future that I would like to see more of, and and we've made that feedback known to, and in fact, it was asked for by our friend that uh, is on the General Relief Society board, she had said she would convey that to Sister Eubank and and to the president,
0: and, and something I'd like to to uh, share is that I thought they did such a great job at relating with those mid-singles that they interviewed and I really loved their compassion and their line of questioning and their respect.
1: The mid-singles themselves that were interviewed I thought uh, to a person were all positive people and good examples of you know keeping a, a positive frame of mind in difficult circumstances sometimes.
0: Definitely very good examples of that.
1: Um, another thought that that we had is we really liked the way that several of the particularly early in the program there were a lot of comments about intention and being intentional and that is Uh, Really an important message that is being talked about more and more in our uh, church culture as well as our uh, American culture
0: and even with general conference. I've noticed intention has come up a lot more lately
1: Yes, and our our uh, book is entitled intentional Courtship that will be coming out this fall and we believe intentional courtship leads to intentional marriage and and there's a couple of things about that that we think are very profound. One is there's scriptures, uh, for example, in 2 Nephi 2, that talk about how we were created to act and not to be acted upon. And I think the way we do that is through the power of intention. We decide what we're going to do, how we're going to respond, how we're going to act what goals we're going to move toward and things like that rather than just allowing things to happen to us and even just allowing emotions to happen to us. Uh, We we understand that we have power over our thoughts and our thoughts govern our emotions and our emotions often govern our behavior and and our outcomes. And so uh, that's you know a really fundamental part of what kathy and i believe and what we've written about uh, for people who find themselves in circumstances that they wouldn't have chosen to start to affirmatively and intentionally uh, look at those things that they can control and focus on those things and be very intentional and an example i i might give of that is um uh, if you're flooded emotionally and you know you might lose some measure of control of yourself and say things to your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend whatever that are going to be damaging you have the power to decide in advance i'm going to call time out in that situation and let things cool off and then we'll come back together and discuss it when we're both calm and there's a lot i could say about that but just that little practice being intentional about that that has caused has saved kathy and i a lot of grief i know and couples that can be intentional and make agreements like that with each other are going to have a marriage where you govern with intention rather than emotion
0: well and i'd like to give another example for mid singles who aren't ready to date yet, maybe they're fresh out of a a marriage or a relationship that they need to heal from the the loss or uh, the the change, um, or you know, really for for anyone um, not yet married that may have some some things to work through emotionally, emotional regulation, and Uh, emotional independence is something that uh, mid-singles can be intentional about prior to getting in a relationship and already being uh, intentional with that in their own life.
1: Yeah, it's a very fair point that Kathy just made, I think, that intention can involve our preparations as well. Uh, So if I'm, if I know I, I don't think having control over our thoughts, as we talked about, means that you're always gonna be happy. I think there are times when you may have suffered a very profound loss, like the loss of a marriage. And it would feel unnatural to you, even though you could control your thoughts to the extent of of not feeling the pain of, of it. But I think in a moment like that, you really, to release that trauma, you almost need to choose to grieve. And knowing that that's a choice helps you not to get so stuck. Uh, and thinking this is just happening to me and I am in the middle of this grief and I can't get out of it. Uh, because I think we all do need have a human need to grieve uh, the loss of a significant relationship. And at the same time, it, it doesn't need to last forever, it, it can uh, yield to a beautiful and happy life.
0: Sure, definitely. You know, the, the subtitle of our book, Intentional Courtship, is A Mid-Singles Guide to Peace, Progress, and Pairing Up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's the title. And we've broken the book down into three parts, and part one is finding peace. Peace in whatever your life circumstances as a single is really key um, and yes it can be found quickly through uh, reaching out to God in prayer and through the atonement of Jesus Christ but sometimes it takes time especially if there's some trauma involved like Jeff mentioned and then progress in the dating arena it's you know it's kind of a, a whole world you step into uh, either after divorce or after a break from dating um, you know stepping back into that world can be um, interesting and yeah. um, challenging but fun and exciting as well and then you know pairing up is when you get more serious Then you want to make sure you know what you're looking for and uh, what you believe will be a good match for you
1: and that you have an authentic enough relationship by that time that you really know what you're getting right and and, and who you are too
0: it's really quite a process and um and a comprehensive view of all of the factors that go into dating and pairing up. And, and really it starts with us and us being in a good place and prepared to be a good partner.
1: You know, Kathy, when I think about our relationship, thinking about intention and all of the things you were just talking about, um, for any that don't know, uh, you know, we dated for a good chunk of 2016 and we connected over personal development issues uh, early on and had some some good times dating each other but Iss-
0: we... issues might sound make it sound like we had issues with it no
1: um. <laughs> i just mean that we both we both were were devoted to personal development right
0: and that's something we did very well on our own and we connected with very easily
1: yeah and at the same time that year 2016 we were not on the same page as to what we wanted in dating. Um, I know, was
0: I, I wasn't ready for as much as Jeff was as fast as he was. And and I
1: wasn't like ready to get married at that point. There were, I knew there were a lot of things I needed to get squared away in my life. I needed to get my business running better. There was a lot of things, but I wanted to be building a relationship while I was building those other things. And Kathy didn't feel really ready to do that yet
0: i kind of wanted to well i i think i wasn't ready personally quite yet i thought i was i wanted to be but i wasn't yet uh and i was discovering that in the way i was reacting to things but um i also i i felt very strongly that I needed to be able to move forward into marriage once a decision had been made that, you know, this is a relationship that's working and I, we needed to be ready for that. And we really weren't yet.
1: Yeah. We had a fair amount of drama in our relationship that year, (laughs) uh, over the issue we just described. And you know, we were friends for a year after that. And you know, particularly the second half of that year, Neither of us dated very much uh, until right at the end of that year. Um,
0: oh, I dated a lot.
1: You did? I thought that you took a break from dating for a while. Oh, that's true.
0: That's true, actually. No, I dated a lot in the fall. You're right. Um, but I I wasn't. Yeah, I was. it was in and out, I guess.
1: And that's kind of what I what I did, I, I didn't date much in the early part of the year. And then toward fall, I started dating more. And I dated a couple of, of great people and uh, people that I could possibly even see a future with. But Kathy was still on my mind. I had never quite given that up. And and. Um,
0: and I had some, com- I guess what I meant by that was I had some complications with relationships that were I was still figuring out. And I think. Jeff giving us giving that us each other that space to be friends helped me figure out and resolve other relationships.
1: Yeah, we had we didn't talk about our other relationships with each other, but we did important have important conversations about everything from our personal development to scripture to you know a variety of different things that we that we talked about and our our conversations were seldom shallow. They were usually deep and
0: And that was what connected. I think kept us coming back to each other even though we weren't dating and we had no intention of redating each other.
1: Well I started to develop that intention around <laughs> November of <laughs> of twenty seventeen.
0: And I was clueless. Yeah. Relatively. Although we started spending more time together so I started wondering a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I think anyway, the the fact that you may have had the, your timing may have been off as ours was doesn't mean you're not going to ultimately marry the person. Now I'm not suggesting just avoid dating everybody else and hold out hope for one person. During that year, as as we mentioned, we both dated other people. And in fact, dating other people helped me can be more and more convinced that Kathy was really the person for me. And, and I so I I think, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket if that one basket isn't accepting all your eggs. Um, you know. For sure.
0: And, you know, for me, I was became more convinced that Jeff was my person because of the fact that he was such a good friend to me and that he began to accept that I had uh, I had a choice in it and he was going to love and care for me no matter what, and that really meant a lot to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I even said that in a very profound letter that I wrote to her at the end of the year when I proposed that we date for marriage. And, uh, and I said, you know, if you choose to refuse my offer, uh, I will still love and care for you as a friend and, and always will think of you that way. So,
0: um,
1: and I meant it. Uh, you know, I, I cared about her as a person first and as my partner second.
0: And I think you felt that for me too, right? I
1: did. I did, very much so. And uh, so I think those are, <clears throat> are really important principles. And I think in dating with intention, you know, you can, you can understand uh, and be very intentional about, I will honor agency in the people I date. You know, that could be one of your governing principles, which and, is very important.
0: And another would be, I am going to be loving no matter what happens. Right. Because that's what God wants us to do. And, and you know, being a mid-single is, can be challenging enough. It, we don't really need to be unkind to each other when things don't go our way. I think that we can be kind and loving no matter what happens and always appreciate the opportunity to get to know some even someone, even when it doesn't work out the way we might hope.
1: I think intention also has a lot to do with meaning. It's not the same thing, but it's a related principle. And I wanted to refer back to the devotional. Early on, Sister Eubank talked about how she was really inspired by the idea she read in the Old Testament about Israel becoming a kingdom of priests. And... I appreciated the the depth of what she had to say because we're talking now about an identity of a people and how they see and understand themselves. And I think if you have that meaning, the next step is to adopt intentions that serve that meaning. And, And that would be, okay, if I want to be part of the kingdom of priests, And, you know, if you know what we've been anointed to become in the temple, um, it's a very profound thing. And so we understand ourselves in a certain way. And and what intentions can we then form that will serve that? Well, one could be, I am going to marry in the temple and have an eternal marriage. That would be one one thing you could, could do that would go along with that value.
0: Right. Well, I think uh, it was a wonderful event. I, it was really exciting to watch. It was, they had beautiful music, beautiful scenery. It was at the Logan Temple. That was where they did it. And um, we would definitely encourage all our listeners to view it. I'm assuming it will be online.
1: Yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't watched it yet, um, you know, I, we watched it on YouTube live. I assume it'll be on YouTube and, and probably be on the church's website as well. So we would encourage you to to stream it, watch it if you haven't.
0: And They also mentioned being an active learner. And, you know, mm. Jeff was sitting there taking notes. And I was listening uh, while I was doing some other things with my hands. So anytime something came up, I would ask him to write notes for me as well. And, um, you know, being an engaged learner, um, I just think means that we're intentionally – Uh, absorbing the goodness that comes from these kinds of events and these kinds of materials that are being made specifically for us.
1: Yeah, very, very good uh, information. And like I said, there were things I would like to have seen addressed more, but I assume this won't be the last mid-single devotional we'll see in the church. And I, I hope and expect that some of the things that that I wanted to see addressed more will ultimately be. And, and, uh, there's a lot to do in ministering to mid singles of the church and, and all of you need to be ministering to each other as well.
0: Absolutely. Totally. I think that's actually the best kind of ministering really is when we can reach out with compassion to those who are experiencing something that we can relate to. Right i remember when i was first a mid single someone telling me it gets better i promise there's life after a divorce and i just i had to hold on to that because i couldn't believe it and yet sh- they said it so it must be true and yet at the time it just could not feel true yet
1: yeah i've got you know i've got a cousin <laughs> she might listen to this podcast at some point but she got divorced a few years ago and um You know i know she like the rest of us like all of us was very sad about her divorce and you know felt a little bitterness like like i have like kathy has and but she has been doing all kinds of stuff with her kids and her she has all boys and they're wrestlers so she started going to wrestling tournaments and hanging out in that community and making friends and you know she now coaches female wrestlers so it's like bit by bit, she's added things to her life and and is building a very full life. And, and I believe ultimately she will add a spouse to that and that will be sort of the crowning uh, thing. But the point is she's happy notwithstanding.
0: Yes, and happiness, developing it, whether we're single or in a relationship is very important. It's the design of our existence. And I believe that... There is life after divorce. I believe that now. I know it now.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's a, you know, it's an important little bit of hope for us to have uh, when somebody that's been down that road. I remember talking to an old mission companion when I was right in the thick of it and really good person, good friend. And uh, he, the best thing he could say to me (laughs) was, well, I'm sorry you're going through this, but it does get better. And I believed him because he had been down the same road himself. And he understood. And you know what? He's married to a wonderful person now, too. And uh, happiest I've ever seen him. So
0: Well, and I think the most important thing for us is that we got happy for ourselves first. Right. And then we became happy together. And... I like what you say generally that
1: two happy people rarely get together and have a lousy time, Yeah. but if one of them is chronically unhappy or both, they're probably headed for trouble. And so that's a a word to the wise, try to become a happy person and, and marry a happy person. And even if you're not that much alike, you're probably going to have a good time together.
0: And that happiness, since it is the design of our existence to have joy in life and to create joy, it, it's something we can do with intention, with the thoughts that we create or the thoughts we focus on and the stories we, we tell of our lives and the subsequent emotions and energy and, um, and, their, and then you know, the natural behaviors and, and consequences that flow from that. I mean, really, it all comes back to what's happening inside of us and if we're intentional about that or if we're just letting our minds run us.
1: Our ministry among the mid-singles is really to give hope to the hopeless. And I'm not saying any of you are like a hopeless case, I'm not saying that.
0: Not at all. Just that that you've been through things that cause you to question whether you should be hopeful.
1: Sometimes, yeah. You've been a little robbed of your hope and we want to help you restore that. I, I know I remember seeing a picture of myself as a missionary when I was in my early 40s and going through my divorce. And I saw that glow on my face and just the smile and remembered that young man who thought he could do anything and, you know, thought he could take on the world. And, and I was sad because I wanted that person back. And I, I thought about that a lot actually. And I thought, well, but I want the wisdom that I have that has come from the school of hard knocks that I had had, but
0: right. and I also
1: wanted the enthusiasm that I had when I was younger. And you know what? I intentionally set out to create that, to have the enthusiasm I had as a young man and the wisdom I had as a middle-aged man. and. As a result of that, I'm happier than I've ever been
0: to. And that combination is so dynamic. And I remember feeling similar, just like what happened to me and, and now I wouldn't trade going through that if I had to lose who I became from my experiences.
1: Yeah, I re- you know, this is just symbolic maybe, but I recently saw a picture of Kathy at her mother's house when she was Miss Leighton. I'd seen it before, but I, I really looked at it for the first time. <laughs> Way back time when, was.
0: over half, what, half, half of a lifetime ago.
1: And I took a picture of her with it, you know, the then and now picture. And, of course, when she was a bona fide beauty queen back in, what, 97 or something like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course she was beautiful then. But the person I love is the person she is now, and I look at the t- at the two side by side at Kathy now and Kathy as a young woman, and I think she's more beautiful in her forties than she was in her late teens, early twenties. So.
0: And I feel so much better with with the growth, uh, yeah. and and I think growth and wisdom really makes us more beautiful and i i know this might sound maybe absurd to some people but i personally think that we're all getting better looking as we grow as we mature as we become more of who we're meant to be uh in god's eyes and in our in our own life experience so that's actually really good for mid singles that's good news you're getting better looking
1: (laughs) You know, Kathy said something to her son too that should give you all hope, and I'll repeat it. Uh, I don't think she would mind. Today, um, you know, we had, we were doing a "Come Follow Me" lesson, and and uh, there's a part in there about the law of chastity, and we went through that. But uh, we talked about physical attraction to your spouse, and. And her son was talking about that and and Kathy said, you know, I found that sometimes a guy could be really good looking and uh, she might even describe him as hot. (laughs) But then if, if she saw him speak unkindly to his mother or do something else that was really, you know, uh, of bad character like that, that he would suddenly become ugly to her.
0: And this happened when I was a teenager. Right? I remember this,
1: and she said that as that also she might see someone that maybe at first glance seemed a little more plain or not as 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 attractive, that had great character and was kind and good with people, and he would gradually become more and more handsome to her.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and of course, there's still there's still physical attraction that's apart from that, but I do think that's for at least for me that's been a big part of my level of attraction towards people as their character and maybe that's why i see us all as getting better looking because i mean i we meet we we interact with mid-singles all the time that are so wise and so experienced in life and they have developed so much as a person they're just
1: gorgeous overcome so much sometimes yeah
0: and they're just gorgeous they're gorgeous people
1: yeah, I mean, I, I could go on with lots of, of stories about that, but I guess I was saying, you know, Kathy becomes more beautiful to me the deeper our relationship gets, the deeper our love grows. And, you know, that may be true even when she's 75. I might think she's the hottest thing around because <laughs> because the connection is that deep. And that's really what makes the person attractive to you, even when the temporal beauty so to speak fades Uh, with age it's it's um you know you have a deeper love than that
0: yeah yeah i well we wish you all the best in uh your your search for your person if you're out there and you're mid-single or if you're remarried and building a a new marriage and a family then you know we just wish you all the best
1: and let's encourage our church leaders (laughs) to the extent that we can to continue doing this kind of broadcast to address other subjects as well, and to continue to include mid-singles in the broadcasts, because uh, I think, you know, it was a, the way I described it to our friend who is uh, on the general board of the Relief Society, uh, we think it was a great first effort.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just wanted to mention that our group is not just for mid-singles, it's also for remarried couples, blended families, and you know, for those who have been mid singles, because they reach back and uplift those who are new to it. And, um, we also invite therapists and coaches, um, and we would invite church leaders, especially those life
1: educators, all kinds of people.
0: Well, and especially those who were, were, uh, participating in this program we would love them all to come follow love in later years and be involved and give their voices to our group because it's it's powerful
1: yeah kathy and i are also on the board of directors of the foundation for family life of utah and just some great people and great resources there that we can absolutely drawn mm-hmm. draw uh, to help us uh, in our mission um to lift and build mid singles and help you to find greater happiness and more fulfilling relationships.
0: And if anyone is listening to this that uh, would like us to be more involved in any future efforts the church makes, we would be happy to lend our uh, lend our experience and our efforts to the cause. and our passion. Absolutely. <laughs> this is a big passion for us and so it was very exciting to watch this devotional and we hope that you'll all tune in to it.
1: Yeah, we hope you'll watch it and stay tuned for more. So thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And as we say in every
0: broadcast, Kathy. There's always more room for more love in your life.
1: Right. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, We love you. We support you. And we'll see you next time.
0: Subscribe to LilyPod to get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, share with those you love. For more information about our organization and services, visit loveinlateryears.com.